Hey guys, welcome to the For the Love podcast special bonus series, Quarantine Queens, which is what we are all trying to be right now in this weird new world. So we are hosting the most excellent leaders and thinkers and experts we can find to help us navigate really all the pieces of this socially isolated space we are now finding ourselves in. And we are releasing those episodes for you on Mondays and on Fridays, trying to serve you as best we can. And then our regular For the Love podcast episodes are still dropping on Wednesdays. <laughs> We're just doubling down everywhere. And the the Wednesday series right now is so smoking. It's the Fierce Free and Full of Fire series, which we already loaded up with the greatest of the greatest. So, I mean, what else do we have to do? I can sit here and podcast in my house and you can sit there in your house and listen. So, we're a couple of weeks into quarantine at this point, and just like here at the Hatmaker House, I am guessing that your food situation might be getting a little interesting right now, right? Some of our staples are not on the shelves. We're feeding people 24-7. We're cooking virtually every meal. We're trying to be careful with quantities and leftovers and snacks, and I'm just telling you, I get it, man. I get it, and I love to cook. You know, I do like, I'm a person who loves the kitchen and loves food and loves cooking. And even I am like, it cannot be time for another meal. It just can't be. So I decided to call in a reinforcement today to give us fresh new ideas on ways to feed ourselves well and our families. And so my outstanding guest today is Michelle Tam. Oh, you probably know her. She's so fantastic. She's a working mom and food nerd behind Nom Nom Paleo. I have followed her for years. So Michelle, along with her lawyer husband, Henry, has created this entire like delicious and whimsical food brand that includes an award-winning blog and app and best-selling cookbooks. Like she's no joke. She's a food expert. And get this, this is interesting fun fact. For years, Michelle actually worked the graveyard shift at Stanford Hospital and Clinics as a night pharmacist before she switched full-time to blogging and creating recipes and delicious healthy food for all of us to consume. Isn't that awesome? So she is a renaissance woman of epic proportions. Michelle and Henry and their sons, Owen and Oliver, split their time right now between Palo Alto and Portland. And so right now they're weathering the pandemic in the Bay Area, which as you know, is a real hotbed. And she and I talk about what it is like to live in the San Francisco area right now. She is great, you guys. I have enjoyed following Michelle online. I make her food for sure. She's funny. She's smart. I love her family. Couldn't think of a better person to have on today. So it's impossible not to enjoy her. And she brings us so many great tips today that I'm literally going to put into rotation this very day. So without any further ado, please welcome my guest today, Michelle Tam. I feel so happy to welcome you to the podcast, Michelle, because I have followed you for ages. I feel the same way. So I'm like, how are we just now meeting? I know. I feel like I know you and I've been stalking you. So it, <laughs> it feels totally normal to talk to you, even though this is our first time. I have made your exact 
carnitas recipe so many times. I could tattoo it on the side of my body, like from memory. It is my absolute favorite. You're so good at what you do. And I'm so happy to meet you. And I wish I wish it was better circumstances. Me too. So obviously, and we're going to get into it because your expertise is in food and all of us find ourselves now home, 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 cooking, cooking, cooking. But before we get into it, I want to hear from you and how you are doing in your area because you guys are in the Bay Area. And so you guys have had your foot on the gas a little bit longer than the rest of us. We're about one week behind you. And so can you just tell us a little bit about you and your family, what it feels like over there right now, kind of what your experience has been to date? We do live here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And even though the whole state of California was put on lockdown, the Bay Area was ahead of that um, because that's where I think the first cases were here in California. So the way I felt about, you know, coronavirus totally changed on February 28th because on the 27th, I was already, I was talking with one of my friends, I was meeting with one of my friends and we were discussing like, what are we doing for spring break? Are we going on our trip still? And I was like, you know, I think it should be okay, you know? And then literally the next day, we got an email from our superintendent saying that there was a student in my middle schooler's school that was pulled out because there was a potential contact and one of the other local high schools. And I was like, it's here. I had a work trip just a couple of weeks ago and my colleague was like, you know, it's okay. Right. I'm like, yeah, I think so. You know, I think we wash our hands and we're just kind of careful. And nobody else was like, Jen, no, no, don't go. And then it just seemed like in three days, the world reversed. It was just really, really quickly. And we're taking it super seriously here. And I haven't left my house in eight days. And so we're with you. Like we're home and the, you know, kids are home. I've got five kids and four of them are here, you know, for however long, all of us find ourselves right now in unprecedented times. We've never done this before, and this is new to us. And I'm really happy to talk to you actually about food and cooking and preparation because, well, first of all, you know, I love that too, just like you. But second of all, I've had a lot of my community being like, holy moly, like this isn't my area and I'm freaking out. And so we kind of want to mine your expertise today. And because all of this counts, everything matters. Like what we're feeding each other, how we're relating to each other, it all matters right now to how we are getting through the day. So you've obviously been the queen of stocking a pantry for years. So let me ask you. I'm a hoarder. Great. You know what? You've been training for this. (laughs) So What are you super glad to have on hand right now? And if any of us find that we have the opportunity to sort of prepare and stock, which we do, we're not in a food shortage. Like the panic mode on grocery stores is unwarranted. We can all sort of shop normally right now. And there's plenty of food in the American food supply to go around. So this is not an alarm like it's been, you know, sort of portrayed. But what do you think we should have on hand just right now while we're home 24-7 to make our cooking lives a little easier? I think healthy protein is important, whether, you know, it's like just frozen bricks of like ground meat. If you eat beans, now's a good time to have beans because those are also, you know, can stay on your shelf for a long time. Frozen vegetables, I think, are fantastic because they're already 
pre-chopped and pre-washed and they're just ready to throw in. And it's funny because my mom, I was like, hey, you know, do you have everything you need? Because she's definitely someone that should kind of stay indoors. And so even though like we go to the grocery store about once a week, like if she needs something, I'm going to drive it over to her. And she's like, well, I really need some fresh vegetables. And I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of hard to find. <laughs> and she's like, and I specifically want like a Napa cabbage. And I want this. Oh, I'm like, sure. No, no, no. You're going to get what you get. Yeah. <laughs> you totally. can't get upset. But I was like, frozen. Frozen is a really good thing to have right now. And she's like, I don't like frozen. I'm like, uh, you know, sometimes like, you know, frozen is still really good. And even though people are like, oh, it's kind of softer or mushier. I'm like. That's the perfect type of vegetable to throw into like a stew or a soup because that you already want them soft. Like you're cooking your stew until those vegetables are soft anyway. So this is kind of a shortcut. That's a great point. I think flavor boosters, super important, like things that just kind of amp up flavor besides just salt and pepper. You know, like I love, I mean, I talk about fish sauce all the time and people are like, ew, gross. But it literally is just like a little bit adds so much flavor. It's Oh, yeah. I'm like, mm, yum. Yeah, like when you go to a Thai place or Vietnamese place, you're like, how come my food doesn't taste like that when I come home and try to make it? It's because they use fish sauce. And it's not so much that it becomes overpowering, but like dried mushrooms, tomato paste, tomatoes, like all these things add, you know, the fifth taste or umami, which is kind of like indescribable deliciousness or savoriness. Just a little bacon will add so much flavor. But I think kind of the basics are you should have like ground meat because that's cheap. You can defrost it. You know, some chicken if you want chicken. Chicken's a little harder to find because everyone is stocking up on chicken. Yeah. There's a run on chicken here too. Yeah. Eggs last a long, long time. Even though your package says it's like two weeks out or whatever, eggs last a long time. And then like you can have canned fish. But I think if you have space in your freezer, you should try to kind of play some Tetris and make things fit in your freezer. Totally. That's exactly what we've done here. And hilariously, now I haven't been to the store, but when we had it delivered, our delivery person was like, well, there's still plenty of vegetables. I'm like, oh, well, (laughs) I guess in Texas, they're not making a run on the fresh produce. (laughs) I totally understand people craving comfort food. And so I know for sure, like flour is gone. Everyone's trying to make like sourdough bread (laughs) and bake things because it makes people feel better. But at the same time, I think you should try to balance that with, you know, some healthy food because that'll help you stay healthy along with plenty of sleep. I mean, if anything, this shelter in place, like the whole family can now get up like 839 and we're all getting good sleep, which I think is super important. Even though we're away from other people, there are certain ways we can kind of buffer up the other factors that make us healthy. Totally. So one thing that I've talked to my community about is that most of us are cooking more than normal. You know, there are a handful of people who cook virtually every meal already, but that's not the majority of our experience. And so we are finding ourselves in the kitchen more than we're used to. And so I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about squeezing the most life out of our kitchen labor, like freezer meals or doubling up or big batch. I don't really know. I'm I'm leading the witness right now, but do you have some favorite freezer meals or ways in which you are really stretching your time in the kitchen? And, you know, we're just being way more mindful right now about eating every last bite. 
and eating leftovers or repurposing leftovers or whatever, how would you sort of advise us as we're thinking about trying to manage our time in there? So those are all really great ideas. Like I love leftover makeovers because then it's just less work for everybody. And so your whole idea of like doubling up protein, like just cook more than you think. And whatever it is, like I used to call that emergency protein because it seems like protein is always the hardest. It's almost kind of the hardest thing to have extra in, you know, the fridge, but that's also the most satisfying and satiating. And so I used to always like whenever I would make like chicken thighs, I would just fill up the whole thing because it doesn't take any longer to make, you know, you know, four more or like double it. As long as you have room, just throw it in. And like, that's why I always talk about like the Instant Pot, which is not a sponsor, but like your electric pressure cooker is your friend. Like you can just throw in, like right now I have some pork shoulder that is defrosting in my fridge. You can cut that up and make, you know, carnitas. I have this super duper easy Kahlua pig recipe, which literally is pork shoulder, some garlic if you want to, and some bacon. You just let it cook and then you can just shred up this giant pile of pork that you can repurpose, you can freeze it. It can go into anything like you can crisp it up and make carnitas just from Kahlua pig. You can make tacos with it. You can put it in stir fries, frittatas, eat it plain. Like there's barbecue sauce on it and like making hard boiled eggs. Like that's a quick and easy thing that you can make. And if you make it in a pressure cooker, the shells come right off. And so I think having emergency protein is my favorite. I eat leftovers for every meal. I think my kids are kind of sick of it, but normally they're not here to complain about it. Like that's the thing, like normally they're at school and I can eat all the leftovers I want and I can recipe test. But now that everybody's home, it it is, it's like, and the number of dishes is insane. Like it's no joke. All stews that you make can be transformed into soup. So if you ate stew one night and then the next night there isn't quite enough for everybody to eat, throw it in a pot, add frozen vegetables, you know, maybe a potato or two and some carrots, add some broth and it becomes a soup. And that's your next meal. Yeah, that is so, that's a great hack. And I think that's where people get hung up just in regular life, much less now, which is leftovers seem boring or too thin. There's just not enough of them left, but a little creativity can go a long way here. Do you, are you a regular meal planner? And do you find that a helpful approach right now, um, you know, in this kind of new world? You know, I wish I was. I am totally a fly by the seat of my pants kind of cook. But I know that people love the structure of meal planning. So I actually... Before this all started, I actually started this kind of weekly newsletter where it's like, here are five recipes you can make this week. But it's not even necessarily five that kind of work together. I was like, here's just five to think about just because that's how I think. But I do think that if you work that way, like you are super lucky. And I wish I also work like that. I'm more like a person where I have a what I call a defrost bowl, which is literally just a metal bowl. Like someone's like, is that something you buy on Amazon? I'm like, it is. You just buy a metal bowl. But I just stick it in the fridge. And because I'm always kind of stockpiling stuff on sale in my freezer, whenever I see my favorite cuts on sale, I just put the froze meat in the defrost bowl. And then 
you know, whatever is thawed. And I put in different cuts, but enough of that one cut for each meal because they thawed, like ground beef thaws quicker than say like a big pork shoulder, which could take like a whole week. But the defrost bowl forces me to cook because it's like, oh no, this is already thawed and I have to make use of it. That's a great idea. And it should be a bowl. Like people are like, I'll just put it on my, you know, just in the fridge. I'm like, no, invariably there's always a container that has like a, a hole in it and you're going to get like ooze all over your fridge, which is bad news. It is. And everything's hard enough right now. I can't deal with freezer ooze. Just, I can't do it universe. Hey guys, super thrilled to tell you about one of my absolute favorite new sponsors who is doing so much good in the world. And I have loved for years. International Justice Mission is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. They work to rescue people out of slavery and sex trafficking, and they walk with survivors until they are thriving in freedom. I'm a longtime fan of IJM. In fact, I went to Rwanda several years ago where I got to see their work up close, and I was absolutely flabbergasted by the level of awesome IJM is operating at in the world. So in times like these, IJM stories remind us that on the other side of tragedy, there can still be hope. And I'm going to share one of those stories with you. So this month, 44 boys and 32 young men were set free from a jewelry factory where they were all enslaved. They had been forced to labor day and night handling terrible chemicals, breathing metal dust. And yet here's the hope. When IJM and local officials brought the boys to a safe location, the boys were overwhelmed with joy. So this week, IJM is sharing a video clip of how the boys responded when they were told, you're all going home. And they just radiate hope. Wait till you see this. As they run around gathering their belongings to take back home. And they literally rush IJM staff in this huge, giant hug like they just won the World Series. It's the greatest thing. Their hope is so contagious. And I want to share it with you. Go to IJM.org slash share hope now to watch this video and more stories of hope for yourself today and share them with your friends because we need these. We need good stories right now. So go watch at IJM.org slash share hope now. And you guys share these on your platforms today. Okay. Back to our show. Tell me how old your boys are. They are 12 and 15. So you and I both have kids that are blessedly old enough to feed themselves sometimes. No, I think yours are more responsible than mine. No, they aren't. I don't (laughs) know who told you that. That is a lie. And I'm telling you, they would choose starvation. I'm going to say 60% of the time. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just wait. I'll just wait till somebody puts it in my mouth. I know. I was like, what, what is wrong with you guys? Do you think you're like veals? Like you have to feed yourself. I have no idea. And they're like, we have some, we have some fat stores. We'll be okay. Until you're ready to cook stores. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's just say technically that in this quarantine world that we're living in, that 
us moms have to tell the children, I'm not cooking three meals a day for you. Cause we literally can't, you're still working. I'm still working. Most moms and dads are working and it's just, it's just everything's weird right now. So how would you suggest, or what would you suggest to sort of begin thinking about and putting into rotation in terms of kids feed yourself and here's what you can do. So I love the idea you just had where you had this big snack board. I was like, that is a brilliant idea, but I, I don't want to make that snack board for them. I want to show them. I'm like, here is the refrigerator. This is the drawer that has, you know, cold cuts and cheese. You make the snack board. Good. Yes. <laughs> and I think like my older one is pretty good about it because he's old, the eldest, and he's kind of a people pleaser. My younger one is more like, Rah. but I, I think as long as you have, like, I think as long as they have access to healthy proteins that they don't necessarily have to cook, cook. hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like, even if it's like a hot dog. We're just now emerging from like the, either the absolute chaos of the whole thing and kind of shock and awe or the, okay, I'm going to be the best at this quarantine that ever was. And here's our schedule that we taped to the wall. And now we're like, okay, we can't keep that up either. I think there's something happening for us right now that's starting to normalize just a little bit. And I think that's a great place for kids to be like, okay, the adrenaline has receded for most of us a little bit. And now we just got to figure out how to live in this house together. And I told my kids the same things like we will always have stuff for you to make a sandwich. A hundred percent of the time you can eat a sandwich. And then of course, some of the old, you know, I don't love all the shelf stable stuff, but you can pour a bowl of cereal and you'll at least not starve. These days there is just higher quality stuff, right? Like there are turkey sticks and kind of jerky and there's other things that aren't necessarily filled with terrible stuff. But at the same time, like now is not a time to like put your family on like a whole 30, right? Like I think you should do your best. And, you know, I was telling people, I was like, it's not about being paleo perfect. Yes, you should try to have the basics to make healthy meals, but I have spam in my cabinet. Sure. (laughs) Thanks for saying that because I do think at this moment, we really do have to be able to look at each other, look at our kids and look at ourselves and say, this is going to have to be good enough. This is not perfect, but this is not a perfect world. And so um, I really like the gracious approach to the way we're feeding our families right now and how much time and energy we can give it. You, same as me, we have so many people in our communities who aren't working from home right now. Well, that's virtually all of us. And it's It's just weird, you know, trying to divide our time. I just today got an email with all my kids at home online schoolwork. And I am telling you, I sat at my desk and had a little bit of a panic attack. Like I have a absolute full day of work up until five o'clock. I don't know when I'm going to manage this with them. I don't know when I'm going to cook dinner. I don't know. Did I take anything out of the freezer? And so I think a good enough approach right now is going to be fine. And if that means we eat sandwiches for dinner, then it does. Yeah. And I think also the way we've kind of approached it with our family is like, you know, we're all in this together. We have to divide and conquer our house in terms of cleaning and even cooking. Like there are certain things that I, you know, obviously will do more of, but you have to set the table. You have to do these things. You have to like run the dishwasher, you know, help us. It's no longer where everybody kind of expects other people to do it. Like we all have to chip in. 
and we're stuck here. <laughs> it's totally right. And it's interesting for us here because last week, which was our first sincere week of sort of socially isolating, was our spring break. And so our brains were literally in spring break mode. Like this is our first week off. The kids went to school up until the Friday before, you know, it felt like a normal rhythm. And so now this is the week after spring break. And I'm looking around the house going, Hey guys, Spring break's like over. You need to think of yourself like a school person now. And your parents are work people again. And it is kind of a mind shift. Let me ask you this, because you're great at this. This is one of the things I go to you for on the regular. And we've mentioned some of them, but I wonder if you have others. This is a good time when we can to cook some of our favorite comfort foods for our family because we need some comfort. And food is nourishing not just to our bodies, but just to our minds and our feelings and our emotions. And so what, just for you, maybe your personal favorites or your family favorites are some comfort meals that are like a big hit? Being a Chinese American that grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, my comfort food tends to be tacos and the stuff my mom used to cook for us at home. So like pot stickers, scallion pancakes, wontons. But because I'm gluten intolerant, I have like gluten-free friendly versions of a lot of those things. But I love tacos. Like that's one thing I'm like missing is going to taco trucks right now. But I have to say, until I went to Austin, I'd never had a breakfast taco. And now that's yeah. like one of my favorite things. But it's not a California thing. I was like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. (laughs) I just had this conversation a couple of weeks ago on social media because I thought breakfast tacos were ubiquitous, but my California friends say those are called breakfast burritos and they're different than a breakfast taco. And we just had this whole discussion. So you're right. I didn't realize that Texas breakfast tacos are its own thing. I think I'd starve without those. My favorite too. And I like that you said tacos. Easy peasy. Every one of us can do tacos right now. That is a fan favorite. One of the things, because I love leftovers, one of the things we we put in our last cookbook is this whole spread of left tacos because they're leftover stuffed tacos. Because literally, as long as you have some sort of shell, it can be a lettuce wrap, it can be like a siete tortilla wrap or corn, whatever. Whatever your flavor of wrapper is, you can just stuff it with any leftovers and it's a taco. Yes. It's a very flexible term. I mean, I'm going to make it a thing. I love that. That's how I approach frittatas too. I'm like a frittata is whatever is in my refrigerator. That's a fact. Like in old containers. Or stir fries. Oh, same. Exactly. I just reposted one that a long time ago before I knew, even now I know nothing about SEO, but I called it garbage stir fry because literally I would throw things in there that would end up in the garbage in my sure. fridge. But, you know, it's delicious. And people are like, why do you call it garbage? Like, who wants to eat it? I'm like, I don't care if no one wants to eat it. This is what's for dinner. <laughs> so great. I love that about you. That is exactly how I cook. I'm like, I will put any vegetable, like honestly past its last leg into a stir fry or into curry. Soup. I don't care. Yeah. Soup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Curries. Perfect. It like the curry paste and and all those flavors can hide. And you want stuff mushy anyway. It, it, that's like perfect. Oh, I hope everybody listening feels vindicated. Like this is not the time for you to become like this incredible like published home chef. This is just a time to eat your food. Like eat whatever you have. One thing I was telling my community last week is, let's go to what's about to go. 
what has two days left in it? And then that's it. We'll cook it. Okay. Let me ask you these, Michelle, because everybody's an expert in their own right. I'm so happy you came in and talked about food and we've got people in mental health and physical health and spiritual and emotional health. And so we're asking everybody these questions, just kind of off the top of your head. Here's the first one for you. Is there a practice or a habit of any kind that you are putting into rotation right now while you are at home that's helping to keep you feel sort of grounded and settled? I don't meditate, but I do do like kind of breathing exercises every time. I feel like the anxiety coming up to like my neck. (laughs) So there is like this, like Dr. Andrew Weil, I don't know if it's Weil or Wheel. He has this breathing exercise and it totally seems to help me where you breathe in for four counts, you hold your breath for seven counts and you exhale for eight counts. So it's called like four, seven, eight breathing. And it's supposed to kind of like help your parasympathetic kind of kick in. And it really does just, even if I do it once or twice, it just kind of brings it down a notch. Oh, that's great. Not everything has to be fancy right now. Yeah. Like if I'm lying awake in bed and I can't sleep, I'll also do that breathing. Yeah. And then I'll fall asleep. Yes. That's a fantastic suggestion. Thank you for that. And sometimes these really simple levers are the ones to pull, which tells our signals to our bodies. It's okay. You're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. (laughs) Calm down. I could not agree more. Okay. How about this? Now that we're all at home in a full-time way, do you have any like projects or initiatives that you've like, I've been wanting to work on that, but now I've got some time to do it. Or now I'm stuck at home and I'm going to tackle it. Oh yeah. I'm like super messy and unorganized. And my husband, Henry has always said, you know, the one thing that would make me so happy and I don't ask for much is if you would keep things organized, which still is not going to happen. But I've decided to put that on my children And they have helped, like my older son helped organize my pantry, which was insane and awful. And it's not even labeled nicely. He literally put painter's tape, you know, that blue painter's tape. Sure, totally. To label stuff. And it's labeled like a teenager would label it. He has like big nuts and there's like a drawing. Like it's bad. But it's also funny. And I'm like, but it's organized. And so now I know where to put stuff and where to put stuff back because I am a rule follower and I need the guidance. So that is one thing. Like I've been good at delegating my kids to do certain things. And that's the big one. That is awesome. Did you post a picture anywhere of your organized pantry? I can't because those labels are not okay. Dying laughing. <laughs> Pantry is such a good project. I mean, I applaud you. That I need to do that. That's going to be one of my several days. Like literally everything was taken out. It was kind of like the whole Marie Kondo approach where you take everything out. And so like there's never been an opportunity where you could just take everything out of the pantry and actually leave it out for a few days because like no one was coming in. We're able to kind of go through, toss things that were like expiration dates from like five years ago. <laughs> And say, oh, maybe we don't need to buy more of this because we have 10 of them. Oh, totally. Oh, okay. I feel inspired by this right now. Okay, Michelle, one last question. And we actually ask every guest this final question. And it can be whatever you want. Like you can say something really important or something not really important. What is saving your life right now? I think 
trashy television. Oh, it's real. At the end of the day, we're like, everything's done for the day. What are we going to watch? And we've been watching Tiger King. Have you seen that on Netflix? I got a suggestion from a friend to watch that yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I've already seen everything else. Like I've seen Cheer and all the fun things. And so now we're kind of digging deep. But Tiger King is this documentary series about an interesting fellow who had like a big game, like, you know, tigers and all sorts of stuff, quote unquote zoo, I guess. And he was embroiled in, it's just really, it's a, you have to watch it. I believe you. A trusted friend sent me that show yesterday and said, this needs to be your nighttime watch right now. Yes. Yes. Thank goodness. We live in the era of Netflix, right? I know. I can't even believe it. I was like, how can we be running out of shows to watch? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. One of the guests we had on the quarantine series was like his projection. He's a financial advisor. And he said, my projection is that the world as it is, as we know it right now, that this is going to be like eight to 10 weeks and then we'll recover. Like we will recover. Our economy will recover. Our health will recover. But I was like, oh, bro, (laughs) eight to 10 weeks. Oh my gosh. Our governor told us to not expect to send our kids back to school until the fall. Yep. I think that's absolutely like the universal message we are all getting right now. And I think that's right. Don't you? I think that's where we're at for sure. And I think one thing that people need to remember is even when they start kind of loosening some of these controls, like cases will come up again, you know, so it is a tricky thing to figure out, right? Because there are tons of people out of jobs right now. All my friends in hospitality, you know, except for the few that can stay open and do delivery and takeout, like it's devastating. It is devastating. And what feels encouraging is that most of the experts that I am listening to right now are all saying we are going to recover. And we are going to be the huge part of it. We're going to reinvest our consumer dollars right back into the marketplace when this is over. And that's going to lift, that's going to be the rising tide that starts to lift all the boats in the harbor. And in the meantime, we just take care of each other as best we can and reach out to our friends and family members who are the most deeply affected by this sort of shutdown. And I just believe that we will take care of each other and that we won't let anybody go down on our watch. And and then we stay home, we stay home, we stay home. That's it. I totally agree with you. I've definitely seen that in our community. Like everybody's helping out. Like normally on Nextdoor, I don't know if you're ever on that app, yeah. but sometimes it's just someone bickering like, like somebody had their dog poop on my lawn, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. But now it's like, you know, Can someone help me get this particular thing? My kid really loves this thing and he he can't be without it. And so I think people are all chipping in and they're like 20 people will jump in and say, no, I can totally deliver that to your house. That to me, because I do think everybody, despite (laughs) what might be happening from the top down, I do think on the neighbor level, people are looking out for each other. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful to watch. And I am so thankful that you said yes to this, to coming on here and just serving my community well. Will you just tell everybody really quickly where they can find you and where your stuff is? Because everybody needs to know you. Thank you. It's actually my pleasure. I was so excited when I got the invite. I'm like, oh, I would love to come on. I want to chat with Jen. Yay. Um, but yeah, you can find me. I'm Nom Nom Paleo 
all over the place. And so, you know, just plop it in Google. Right. How and many you'll find me be? on all the things. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, I've loved following you for years. And now we know each other. Yay. Finally. Yay. And so I can't wait for this is over. And then the next time in the Bay Area, I will call you. Yes. Or if I'm back in, in Austin. Texas. Yes. Positively. Yes. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Bye. We can do this, guys. We can cook the food and we can feed the people and we can repurpose the leftovers. We can do it. I believe in you. I believe in us. So much thanks to my guest, Michelle, today for leading us well and giving us grace as we navigate this world. And you'll have to put your pictures below. Let us know what it is you're cooking. What are you making double batches of? What are you putting in your freezer? What are your best recipes right now? That is an easy way to serve each other. We can like share what we are cooking and our tips in the kitchen. So anyway, so much thanks to Michelle over at Nom Nom Paleo. If you are not already following her, trust me, you're going to enjoy her social media feed so much more, not just for the food, but just for who she is. And listen... I don't know if you heard the news, but I am delighted to tell you two things. Number one, the April 14th in-person live event has been rescheduled for September 9th in Dallas, same venue, September 9th. And most importantly to everybody listening, number two, the April 14th event is also going to be transformed into a webcast. Woo! which will be coming straight to your screen on April 30th, April 30th. And my lovely special guests that were going to hang out with us, Brene Brown and Angela Johnson will still be joining us for the webcast. The greatest women. And now so many more of you are going to get to experience this. So how do you join the webcast fun? Super easy. You guys first, if you already bought a ticket to the Dallas event, you're in. Okay. Second, if you've pre-ordered my new book, Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire, in any format, any vendor, you're in. And third, if you're in the Jen Hatmaker Book Club, you're in. So all you have to do is go to jenhatmaker.com slash fierce event and register for the webcast. So easy. You have to register even if you're in one of those categories. That's just kind of how the platform works. So go register. And if you're not eligible for the webcast yet, we want to have you. We would love to have you. So to be eligible, you can either buy tickets to the rescheduled live event on September 9th or just pre-order the book. Pre-order, fierce, free, and full of fire, any vendor, any format, and then boom, go register for the webcast. That's it. That's how you get in. So how fantastic is this? How fantastic is this? We are so excited to bring this to you. You can do all of these things at jenhatmaker.com slash fierce event. So more to come in the Quarantine Queens series. We want to serve you in all the places that feel wobbly and weird right now. So that is our mental and emotional and spiritual health, our physical health, our relationships, our kitchens. Oh man. Love you guys. We are so happy to be here with you. So happy to bring you these extra podcasts and more to come. See you next week. Mm -hmm.